Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. Oh, I love that. Give me a little bit, a little bit more. How you doing, Airdrie? How was Christmas? Y'all full of Christmas stuffing and turkey? I think, I think Jesus has been good to us at Christmas time. Can you give me a little bit more of this? I feel like it's a little bit, a little bit damn. All right. Welcome to our new series, My OS, My Operating System. Are you ready? Oh my goodness. It's going to be so good. Listen, we live in a day of, of conditional love. Don't miss this part. It's the whole series right here. We live in a, a day of conditional love, but unconditional blessing. We just think it's normal because we're Canadians. So what that means is we're raising kids that aren't sure if they're loved, but don't have to earn anything anymore. So we live in a day of unconditional blessing and stuff, but we replace love because love is hard. We replace love with stuff because stuff is easy and love is hard. We live in a day of conditional love and unconditional blessing. If we would swap them, and that's what this whole series is about, is hitting the reset in your life and swapping that. How does that sound? All right. I still have my ear- earbuds on from the music. I'm going to take them off. Keep it in the video, though, because I feel like it's awkward, and I kind of like a little bit of awkward. All right. Um, my sermon today is called A Sense of Safety, and I have um, Katie's best friend here to help me that I'm going to show you in a minute. A sense of safety. Some of us find a sense of safety in, in the weirdest things. Some of us, when we were kids, we found a sense of safety in the weirdest things. I believe that somebody had a stuffy, Amy, named Pumpkin. Was it hard to sleep without pumpkin? Is Amy in the house or is Amy working with the... Is it, was it hard to sleep without pumpkin? Yes, it was. We, we find security in the, in, the funniest, in the funniest things. I wrote down, I asked some people last night, what, what it was when you were a child that you found a sense of safety in. Uh, here was Mandy's, it was her blankie, or her blanket, and she wasn't allowed to take it to school. So if I get the story right, she used to cut it up and put it in her backpack and take it to school and smell it at school. One of the kids here, and I can't tell you who it is because uh, maybe she still does this. I don't know, but one of the moms is saying, one of my kids, she gets a sense of safety when she sleeps inside of something or underneath something. Or, so she'll find her sleeping in the closet or in a box. It's a sense of safety. The creepiest one that I heard, and, and just take this the right way. I'm a pastor's kid, so I'm a bit of a mess. Um, the creepiest one that I heard was, was that one of our team said that she found a sense of safety, and she used to, she used to I don't know if it was sleep with, or like her, her version of a stuffed animal. My stuffed animal's name was Ferdinand. And Ferdinand got pile-drived 400,000 times. But I got a sense of safety out of Ferdinand. But this person, Crystal, this person got a sense of safety of a plastic head of Jesus. Like a white plastic head of Jesus. What did you use? How do you snuggle the head of Jesus? Like I love Jesus, but that's creepy to me. I, a sense of safety. Now this here, this is going to be the star of the sermon, I think. is This is Big Bear. And Big Bear belongs to Katie. Katie is my third daughter, and, and Big Bear is going to be, the last that I've heard of this, is that Big Bear is going to be Katie's best man at her wedding. You see the bow tie, the, the other girls, they made uh, uh, bow ties for Big Bear at Christmas time. 
I, um, we went down to visit some family over Christmas, and, and uh, Katie tells me on Christmas Eve, she says, wasn't that an incredible Christmas Eve service, by the way? Oh, my, thank you so much, Dream Team, for putting that on. We had a packed house here. It was amazing. But um, Christmas Eve, we're going the next day, and, and Katie goes, I'm all packed and ready to go, Dad, but uh, I just, there's some things that are not packed that I need yet tonight. And I'm like, Big Bear? She goes, yeah, Big Bear. I'm going to need Big Bear tonight, or I can't sleep. She almost didn't let me use Big Bear for the sermon illustration. That's how important Big Bear is. We find a sense of safety in all sorts of, of weird things. And as we move into adulthood, our sense of safety changes from stuffed animals into stuff that's equally ridiculous. You think, just wait till I bring it home for you, because it's cute. it's cute when you're Katie. But when you're 31... Not this anymore. It's something different. You want to hear what you find a sense of safety in? Here's, here's some things that I know, because I know some of you. Here's, here's where I get a sense of safety. If, if, you ready for this one? I'm talking to parents now. If I feel like my kids like me today, I have a sense of safety. If I feel like my kids like me. Uh, here's some more. I'm just going to run through these. Some of us have a sense of safety if the TV is always on. But if it's quiet and we actually have to think... Am I talking to somebody else? Maybe I'll go preach at the church across the street because, y'all, I'm not talking to you. I'll hit yours here if I haven't hit it yet. But judging from the quiet in the room, I think that I probably hit it right. Um, I get a sense of safety if there's no conflict today. If I can just get through the day without a fight, I feel a sense of safety, a sense of security. Um, if I finally caught up on the laundry, I would feel a sense of safety. <laughs> but you have eight kids. And that's a physical impossibility. If I could just clear that laundry room out. Um, if I'm the boss, I feel a sense of safety. Trouble is, nobody's the boss everywhere. But if I was the boss everywhere, I would feel a sense of safety. If I get to make all the decisions and I get the final say in everything. Here's another one. Um, if nothing unexpected happens, like it wasn't on my calendar. I can't handle it. You know who I'm talking. I'm looking at Angela right here. It wasn't on the calendar. A flat tire was not on the calendar. If I could just get through the day and everything happened and I could plan it. All right. Um, here's, here's something. If my fridge is full, I feel a sense of safety. You know, some people, like if you didn't grow up with much, you'll have a full fridge and you'll throw out 20 or $30 of vegetables a week. But it makes you feel secure just having it there. Now, you could live a block away from the grocery store, but it doesn't matter. It's a sense of security. You find it in the funniest things. It's like Big Bear, but it's not cute anymore because you're throwing vegetables away. But you get a sense of some of us, we didn't grow up with enough love in our homes, with enough unconditional love, meaning I could do anything and I would still be loved. Now, if I want to live in dad's home, that's different, but he would still love me if I went to move in with the neighbors because I wouldn't follow his rules. (laughs) Awkward laughter. But some of you, because you didn't have enough love, you surround yourself with things because stuff is easy, but love is hard. Some of us have 47 pairs of shoes. Aaron? I thought you were all looking at me. I do like shoes, but I I get rid of them quickly. I was thinking about Quinn, actually, for that one. Now, here's the question. Here's the question. How did you logically arrive at what makes you feel safe? That's a trick question because that's not how you got there. Uh, in other news, baptism is perfectly safe. We've never lost a person to baptism yet. 
And we're having a baptism coming up on February the 3rd. If you've never gone public with your faith, or if your faith, if you've never been brought to this place of like, you need to accept Jesus as Lord or reject him, but make a decision. If that has never happened, we're going to be running out some of these talks, and you're going to be asked if you're in a small group, like, hey, have you ever been baptized? Hey, where are you at with Jesus? Because look, until you come to that place and cross that bridge, you have no relationship, because that's how relationships work. You have to decide, do you want Jesus? Do you not want Jesus? Like, you have to do something with him. He himself won't allow you to just feel nothing about him. And so we have a baptism coming up. It will be incredible. Um, the awesome people across the, the street at Grace Baptist are going to let us use their building. It's going to be an afternoon baptism. And so family and friends and anybody who wants to come, uh, it's going to be incredible. February the 3rd, that's on a Sunday, February the 3rd. Um, also, I need to announce uh, there's no NXT today. NXT is like, what's next for me at Venue Church? I want to get more involved. I want to find out more about the church. That's NXT. It's the fifth Sunday, so that's not. But there's a lot of new faces here, and I want you in NXT next week if you could. So plan for that next Sunday. Uh, it's half an hour. Uh, we feed you lunch. Super easy to come to. Who's been to NXT? Has it been good? All right. Um, and the other thing is I want you to join me as we sing happy birthday to Venue Church because we're going to be two years old this week. I'm not going to make you sing because I don't want to hear you sing that. We're not playing with a band, and so I'd actually have to hear you sing, and that is not going to happen. So, um, There are also, next Sunday is uh, small group signups. So out in the lobby, you're going to have people who will be inviting you to their small group. There's different topics coming up now, which we haven't been able to offer yet, but um, we still have a bunch of people in Freedom Session, of course, and we actually have more people that come out uh, on, uh, to small groups than show up in church on Sundays, which... You know, show up in church, but do both. Like, do everything. That's how I would say. But um, we have some coming up. We think we're getting together with our co-leaders. We're going to maybe explore doing something on parenting, uh, Pastor Aaron and I. There's one, a new one starting up about leadership um, that's going to be happening at the Warinkas. And then there's financial freedom. If you've never gone through financial freedom, because in this whole sense of security thing, it's going to tie together really, really well to getting your finances in order so that God can give you not just a sense of security, but actual security for your family and doing finances the way that God wants you to do finances. And that's going to be incredible. So that's just some of them. Some of them are sermon-based, and, and we'll have that going on. But I want you in a small group. If you're not in a small group, we do life with each other there. And so that would be awesome. Okay, for 2019 to be better than 2018, you're going to have to take a risk, which means you're going to need a different sense of security than you currently have. And this sermon today will be counterintuitive, so I need to warm you up a little bit because... When I finally hit you with the truth of it, it's gonna, you're going to know that it's right, but it's still going to feel wrong because our sense of security is in the wrong thing. And it doesn't actually make you secure. It just makes you feel secure. 1 John chapter 4, the apostle who understood love said this, we know how much God loves us. So he's saying, that's not the problem. God's love is not the problem. It is unconditional. He poured out his love for you. He knows all about you. He knows all your secrets and he loves you anyways. He says, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. So he's saying, if you've decided to follow Jesus with your life and you might not be a God person, check it out. See if you're, we're real. See if Jesus is real. Absolutely, do your homework. But he's saying, we, so we're following Jesus. We have put our trust in his love. That means to entrust a thing to somebody, but to entrust, like, here's how it works for me, to entrust my kids to another's fidelity, to trust my bank book to another's fidelity, to trust my marriage, to trust my friends, to trust my morality to somebody else's morality, meaning I trust God's love more than I trust my love. So that's what he's saying. If you want to follow Jesus, that's what that means. We have put our trust in his love. He says, God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. 
And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So he's saying, you got to grow up in, in love, and not all of us are there, so I'm going to help you get there. So we will, listen, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence. Imagine that, because we live like Jesus here in this world. So you can tell yourself any story you want to, but the day you die, you will face God and answer for your life. There's going to be nobody there. Your mom's not going to be there. There's going to be nobody there. So hold your hand. You're actually going to have to answer to God for your life. He's going to look at you and say, okay, what did you do with what I gave you? No excuses. Nothing's going to, it's the judgment. It's the judgment day. And, and John, the author is saying, you can actually be there on that day in full confidence, like looking God eyeball to eyeball, if you live like Jesus on this earth. And he wouldn't tell you to do it if he wouldn't enable you to do it. So he's saying, you want confidence on that day? I'm going to show you how to get confidence. He says, such love, he's talking about experiencing God's love and being more like God in our love. Such love has no fear. Because perfect love expels or throws out fear. Perfect love throws out fear. Such love has no fear. Do you ever get afraid? You get afraid in your relationships? You get afraid about your kids? You get a- you experience fear in your relationship with God? Okay, he's saying, obviously, your love is not perfect yet, and we need to work and we need to mature in love because such love has no fear. And then it says this, and this is the key of the opening scripture. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. Did you get that? For fear of punishment, if we're afraid. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Now, this makes no sense to John here because John understands the love of Jesus. and It makes no sense to him that it is for fear of punishment. It is for fear of correction. It is for fear of rebuke. It is for fear of consequence. It is for fear of, and this makes no sense to John because like, he's like, if your love was better, like God's love is, you would love correction. It would make you feel safe. The truth would set you free. Not your version of it. No, God's like, I can show you in my love how to make you safe. But you're going to have to give up your current sense of safety because it's in all the wrong things. As we explore our series of hitting reset and, and revamping that thing that, that the whole building of our lives that we've built on, the trouble is the foundation is all wrong. And so for God to build the building that he wants to with your life, he's got to tear down the old building first because it's just taken up space. So you can't get an upgrade until you get rid of the old. I'm preaching to somebody here. So what we have to do is we have to get to this place where we start understanding that God's love is to be trusted, but our love is quite conditional. It really, no matter what you say, your love is conditional. My, um, some time ago, we, we went to... Spent some time with a family that wasn't our family. Does that make sense? Like we were our family, but we were spending time with another family that wasn't our family. And I noticed that our family values, have you ever gone into a house where the family values are totally different than your family values? And so in this house here, like nobody made eye contact with anybody. It was weird, right? And I noticed that the attitudes of the kids were starting to pick up with one of my daughters in particular. And I asked her if I could share this story. And, um, because I want to commend her in this, because I, I, I said something in passing to her, and she was like a little bit um, kind of like derogatory with me on, on, the, on the return. 
part of that. So she looked at me a little bit funny, but it was almost like this, like kind of scoring points off of me. But like, see, I'm dad and that's not how it works around here in in my house. With my family, if you want to eat and live indoors, we respect our parents. We don't score points off of our parents. Do y'all live in different homes than I grew up in? No. No, we don't score points off of each other. We're not that kind of a family. And I did my little eyebrow raise at the time, and I'm like, oh. This attitude that was in the other kids was rubbing off on my kids. And then I talked to her after, and I said, I just, I corrected her. And I just said, you know, just I pulled her aside, and I'm like, you know, you can do better than that. That's what correction is. God doesn't correct and doesn't expose things in your life that he doesn't want to heal. And he does it because he believes in you. In fact, the Bible says, like, if God loves you, he corrects you. So be worried if the correction stops because he stopped investing in you. And so with my kids, I'm, I'm like, I believe that you're better than that. I believe that you're better than those kids. I, I believe that not as a value person dollar mark. No, no, no. No, I mean, just like you can do better than that, than that. I believe in you. I, I believe that you can do better than this. And her response was this. She, she, her response was, because she grows up in a home that I think she experiences a lot of love, and her response, and maybe this didn't describe your home, but you don't want it to be the home that you grew up in. You want your home to have love in it, don't you? And so I, I, said, I said this to her, and she goes, I know, I'm sorry. And there was a sense of security that I could tell that she got because she's experienced love. Now, just give me a minute to play this out here. Is that how you respond to correction? What if I look at your bank book? How do you feel? What if somebody would come in on an argument with your spouse? I heard somebody was having a, like a, a knockdown argument with their, with their husband one time, and then they said that the pastor of their old church all, all of a sudden showed up on their property. And they turned around, they're like, oh, you're here. how would you feel if I walked in on your decision-making process or if somebody did? How would you feel if they walked in and said, oh, wow, you can do better than that. You're like, but I'm an adult now, but I'm, no, no, but you found a sense of security in not being corrected. You found a sense of security, not in the truth, but in a version of the truth that you can live with. So your sense of safety might be all wrong and it might actually be making you unsafe. So God wants your financial future of your family to be secure. But because of your sense of safety, you spend because it gives you a high at Christmas time. Can I preach to the mall rats? At Christmas time, you get this high because your marriage isn't working, so you go out and spend money. And it gives you this high. You do everything the wrong way and it makes you less secure than you were before, but in the moment it made you feel secure. I got so much in this series. I'm just kind of setting you up for it today. See, there's this permission. You need to give God that will go against something deep inside of you. And until you give that place up to God, you will never actually be safe. You'll just feel safe for pockets of time. Today's lie that we need to unwind, and I think I might do like a lie to unwind Every part of this series here, I think it will be about four parts here. But today's lie that we need to unwind is this. God won't ask me to give up my sense of safety. Okay, God, you can ask for anything, but don't ask for that. 
Because if you're loved, then I should feel safe. Right? That kind of makes sense. If God is love, then I should feel safe. And God's like, can you give me that thing? And we're like, no, because that doesn't make me feel safe if I give up Big Bear. But this is my sense of safety, God. And God's like, if you give it to me, I'll give you an upgrade. And we're like, no. This is what we know. The trouble is, Big Bear is great, and your sense of safety is great, because it always agrees with you. Of course it does. You created it. Big Bear, should I do something challenging today that I don't know how to do? No. Why would you do that? Is this how ventriloquism works? Why would you do that? Why don't you just lay in bed and watch TV with me? It'll be happy. I have a bow tie. Dear Big Bear, should I forgive that person who hurt me? No. That would be hard and unfair. I need a Big Bear handler is what I need. I'd have Katie in here. I was going to have her in here, but she's uh, working in the minis today, I think. I'll get involved on the dream team. That's where the magic happens, by the way. Dear Big Bear, should I do something hard? Dear Big Bear, should I give money away? Dear Big Bear, should I... No, why would you do anything like that? Why? Because Big Bear only tells you what you want to hear. Because you program Big Bear. He belongs to you. But Big Bear in a fight is useless. He's a piece of garbage. He will never tell you to go out and do anything because he himself can't do anything. Big Bear, protect my marriage. I can't. I'm a stuffed animal. I'm a weird plastic Jesus head. I can't actually do that. You need the real Jesus. Not a plastic head of Jesus. I'm going to get in all sorts of trouble here today. We have replaced God in our lives, the only one who can truly make us safe. We've replaced God with a sense of safety that we made up. But God won't ask me to give up my sense of safety. Absolutely, he has to because you're not free. As long as you believe in Big Bear, you are still not free. And the devil can put a gun to your head anytime he wants to because he still owns a piece of you. Because it doesn't belong to God. Part of the human sickness is that we actually think this. I can only really trust myself. Anybody have a perfect track record? You might get it right some of the time, but sweetheart, I've seen your life. Why would you trust in you? It is the human condition. It is the human sickness. We believe in ourselves way too much. Oh, I can fix myself. I can heal myself. You can do some stuff and you need to work hard. Don't get me wrong. Discipline goes a long ways. But there's this deep-rooted thing inside of you that you will still trust you at the end of the day and not trust God. Now, now if I was God, okay, close your eyes and pretend that you're God. All the husbands are like, I don't think I'm allowed to do this. Don't make eye contact. Just close your eyes. Some of you think that you're God anyway, so it won't be a stretch. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes and just imagine that you're God. Imagine that never one time have you told a lie to your kid. Never one time. Never one time have you failed. You don't know how to lose because you've never lost. You have never taken anything from anybody that you didn't return so many times over. You, have, you are not a taker. You are a giver. You have never let anybody down one time. You have never been unfaithful because you can't because it's part of who you are. You have never not loved unconditionally your son or your daughter. You have never one time not loved them in their life. 
Now open your eyes and look at me. And God says, I need you to give me this thing so I can bless you. And we look at God and say, I can't trust you. And God's like, I'm the problem? Track record. It's a human sickness. It just makes sense because we're human. It makes no sense to heaven. God's like, I have these plans for you to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. I've never had one bad thought about you. I believe in you when you don't believe in you. And you're going to trust you? You're going to trust your love? No, but the trouble is your love is conditional and my love is conditional. It is conditional on this thing. Are you ready? I will love as much as I feel safe. I will love you and I will give you everything as long as I feel safe. I will give away anything that I can to make my marriage work as long as I feel safe. You know when I don't feel safe? When I have to apologize for being an idiot. I feel very unsafe. I don't have to because I'm never wrong. <laughs> I asked Alyssa about that family that I was talking about before, and I said, what is it with them? They're like riding this emotional high, this chemical high that they get. And I said, what is it? And I asked, I, did, I, did I say the name of my daughter? I didn't mean to say that, Ailish, but I really want to commend her because she took correction really, really well. But I asked her, and she had an insight into it that I didn't have. Sorry, Ailish. <laughs> Remember that thing about apologizing? Oh, my goodness. I was so talking smack right there. Of course that was going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll be a better father. She said, they're all addicted to having to be right. They just got to be right. It gives them an a adrenaline rush. To be right. They will argue the stupidest things and argue around it and around it and around it and be wrong so many times in their own argument. But they are addicted to being right. They are addicted to protecting themselves. You think about this. It gives you an adrenaline rush when somebody comes at you. So you're either fight or flight, but it gives you an adrenaline rush. Now imagine living your entire life where you control your own sense of safety in this weird little internal process that nobody else is in. So now every time anything happens to you, you're the victim... And you got to protect yourself because everybody's out to get you because you're so special. <laughs> and everybody's got that much time. And so every argument that you have, your boss can't tell you anything because you can't take correction because it's your sense of safety that he's threatening. And you will not give that away. When in fact, if you would listen to her, she would make you better at what you do and more valuable and you would get a raise. But you won't because they threatened your sense of safety. When you're threatened, man, you're, you're, you can't see what's coming on the sides anymore. Your, your eyesight narrows. It pumps adrenaline into your veins. All you can see is what's right in front of you. Am I describing anybody's family life right now? All you can see is what's going on right here in this argument. And I cannot lose this argument. We get addicted to this feeling of a sense of safety that we created. But what if you just found your sense of safety in the wrong thing altogether? What if God wants that from you so that he can actually set you free? When it's every man for himself in a home, this is what it looks like. There's an attachment to things and not people. You were made to connect with God and with people. That's it. Not with stuff. There's a weird attachment to things because you, you surround yourself with things that make you feel good. Why? Because love is hard and stuff is easy. There's this weird negative energy that you have. You ever see somebody argue and there's no rules to the argument? There's this weird negative energy 
in a home like that. Nobody makes eye contact. There's no connection. Everybody's tiptoeing around you trying to figure out what it is that you feel because this unwritten thing happens, and I don't want this to be your life. This unwritten rule is like everybody's got to watch mom. Everybody's got to be careful and make mom happy. It is not your kid's job to make you happy. Why would you put that on them? Why would you put that on your wife? You weren't happy before you got married, and now you're supposed to be happy? Can I preach? There's this weird obligation to make everybody feel better. But it replaces peace, which can only come on the other side of solving conflict and issues where you actually apologize for stuff and say, I won't do that again, and then you work on yourself. Not the other person, you work on yourself. But what it does is it replaces the peace that comes on the other side of that with peace offerings, which means I screwed up, but I'm not allowed to say I'm sorry because I'm always right. So now I'm going to give you a peace offering. I'll buy you that thing. I'll bring flowers home. I won't apologize, but I'll bring flowers home. I'll spend money, but I won't make it right because stuff is easy, but love is hard. Peace offerings. But there's no connection. There's no eye contact anymore. There's none of this... I love our family. You know why I love our family? Because we can go and it's just like open communication. Speak your mind. But when you have this weird little internal process that nobody else can come into and talk to you about your sense of safety, if there's only you in there, arguments with people get really weird because they're in here. And they never respond to your clever arguments because they're really stupid and they can't speak because they're in your head. But if you talk to a real person and you say what you said to, to that person in your head, they have something to say, don't they? Oh my goodness, no, actually, I didn't say that what you think that I said. Or, no, I didn't say it that way. And you actually have to respond to a person. There has to be this give and take. But in your head, there's no give and take. There's only take. And if the Holy Spirit of God can't break into that, and you won't let people into that sense of safety, you will have an internal process that will shipwreck your life. And you'll be alone. And I don't want that for you. There will be no sharing because nobody's allowed into that place. But you can do better than that. By the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, you can do better with that. You can give up your sense of safety and get real safety by the Holy Spirit of God. But it starts with starting to look at God and say, I trust your love more than my love. I trust your financial plan more than mine. I trust your way to parent more than I trust my way to parent. But how freeing that could be. No one else can take care of me like me. And I'm afraid if I give up this sense of safety that I'm going to give up that negative energy and I don't know how I'm going to get out of bed in the morning. Because it would take a lot of energy to live honestly and to apologize a lot, wouldn't it? If I have to live open like that and I have to be vulnerable like that, it's going to hurt me, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to hurt you when you say that thing to your kid and then you have to apologize to your kid for it because you shouldn't have been angry about that. Your anger is your problem, not your kid's problem. And if they do something wrong, then punish them for what they did, not for how you feel. Reward your employee for what they did, not for how they make you feel. They're not responsible for how you feel. You're responsible for how you feel. Everyone should make me feel safe. I don't think anybody can. You put the bar in this weird place and then it just keeps changing. And everybody, the rules always change around you. Why? Because you haven't found your security in Christ and who you are and who he says that you are. When he looks at you and says, you can do better than this, but you're like, no, I can't. It's always going to be like this. And he's like, would you stop talking right now? <laughs> I'm so tired of your faithless, defeatist talk. You are so much more than this. You are so much better than this. Stop it. 
You have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead in the face of hell and publicly triumphed over every demon that has ever existed. And you can't get up in the morning and you're tired and you're too fatigued to live right? Stop talking. (laughs) When you read the word and listen to me talk, and it'll sooner or later, it will change how you feel. But that's how that works. We're waiting to feel different before we do something. That's not how that works. You got to do something different to feel different. It follows it. It's the other way around. But your sense of security will never tell you that, will it? So I'll trust you. I'll trust you in my marriage. I'll trust you with my parent. I'll trust you to correct me. I'll trust you at work. I'll trust, I'll trust you when I feel safe. You just put a big target on your head and the devil can shoot. So I won't give and I won't and I won't and I won't and I won't and I can't is what we say. Because I'm no longer safe. You know, somebody just said, like, why are you screaming at your kid? That made you feel unsafe? Of course it did. Of course it did. But the Bible says, and Jesus says, the truth will set you free. The truth. Not how you feel. Not a sense of safety. The truth will. The truth will. Do you want to hear some truth that's going to set you up for the next sermon next week? Matthew 6, Jesus is speaking. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Meaning, your treasure, you'll keep throwing treasure at your sense of safety, whatever that is. You just keep throwing treasure at it, and your heart follows it, not the other way around. Your heart follows wherever your treasure goes. Well, what's your treasure? Well, money, obviously. But like my time, my energy, my belief, my... You bring your best to watching MMA. Nothing wrong with that. I'm scared of people who watch MMA. Nothing wrong with that. I bring my best to Liverpool Football Club, but my best needs to come to God. My best needs to come to my family. My treasure needs to go where I want my heart. People are like, I don't feel connected in the church. That's because you don't give any money. That's why you don't feel connected. I don't feel connected to my kids. That's because you don't pay child support. Oh, oh, did I hurt your feelings? We give because we love. That's why we give. I love my kids and I give. That's how I show them that I love. And I'm never more like Jesus when I do that. When I give you my best in a sermon, I'm telling you that I love you. You are worth the headaches that I had to go through to preach this this week. Because you think these are free? (laughs) Oh, that's sweet. They're not free. (laughs) Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, listen to this, it sounds so out of place here, but it's it's totally not. Your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think, if the sense of safety you think you have is actually not safe, how deep that darkness is. If what you think makes you safe makes you unsafe, how deep that darkness goes. And God needs to root that out because you're not free. Fearless in the face of danger. Fearless in the face of challenge. Fearless. You wake up and you go to work and you're not afraid of anybody there anymore. Because they can't tell you who you are. They can't make you feel bad anymore because you got God on your team. You got God in your corner. No one can serve two masters. That's a problem. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink. Is that what you worry about? Enough clothes to wear? Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Why are you surrounding yourself with all this stuff? 
It'll never make you safe. It'll never fulfill you. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No, it can take some off though. Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. So listen, if you don't have a relationship with God, you should be worried. I would be worried. I would be worried about the day of judgment coming out the day that I die. But if you're a believer, what are you worrying about these things? Your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. He'll do it just because that's who he is. But what we need to do in this series is we need to unwind this thing where people have to earn our love, but they don't have to earn our stuff. Where sons and daughters grow up in our homes and they're not sure that they're loved because you parcel out your love and your affection whether or not they make you happy. Where you'll give your husband affection if it suits you. If he's doing what's right by you. You'll give a compliment to somebody at work if you feel good and if you feel like they like you. But you won't do it because it's right. Then on the other side of that, we expect all the blessing of, of God and all the blessing, the material blessing of the world without having to earn it anymore. So we create spoiled children who don't know the value of things and don't know the value of hard work. Do you want to know when I asked my dad if he would buy me a car when I turned 16, what he said? Just take a wild guess. You want a car? You can buy a car. You can't afford one anyways. Well, how much does a car cost? And then he went through it. I'm like, you're right. I can't afford a car. Here. Let me end this. Big Bear, though in the end, as much as he made you feel safe when you were a kid, he, he in the end becomes quite a fickle master. And the rules always change and it's hard to live with a God like that. He has no power to save you from temptation. He has no power to keep your marriage on track or to save your kids. And some of you are trying to get your kids off of drugs. He has no power to do any of that because you don't know how to do that and you need the power of God in your life working in your kids' lives. We need to trade our masters. L- listen, listen to this here. It's not a stress problem in your life. It's a capacity problem. If you run from stress, I read this in a devotional on my version. If you run from stress, you'll run from your own fulfillment. But trust is a muscle and your personal trainer is the Holy Spirit. And you're like, Big Bear's like, Holy, just go back to lifting just the bar. And the Holy Spirit's like, you maggot. I'm just like, drill sergeant now. Feel the burn. Push that, come on. You're like, no, but it's going to crush me if I put weight on there, but I I could lift this and I've been lifting this for 10 years and and Big Bear's a coward. He's got no muscle. He can't. Trust is a muscle that you build. And we need to quit praying, God, would you help me to trust you? Okay, stop that. Say, God, put me in a situation where I have to. And the Holy Spirit will be like, come on, push that. I'll spot you, but push that. Well, it might fall. If it falls, I got it. If it falls, your small group's got it, but you got to push it. You got to get past your level of comfort, man. You got to build that trust muscle. You got to build that trust muscle. Feel the burn this week. Come on. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person here that we would give up our sense of safety and take on what actually makes us safe, what actually makes us secure in our relationships, what actually makes us secure in our careers, in our finances, Lord, in our love. And I pray that you would show us what unconditional love truly is, Father, in this series. Amen. Hey. 
we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca slash give. Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.